Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Watch podcast series. I'm John Briggs, Global Head of Death Strategy. This series helps you cut through the noise of global financial markets with a quick take on the upcoming trends to watch. Hello, everybody. We're going to talk a little bit about the U.S. today before segueing to the Eurozone and my colleague, Imogen Bakra. The last time we spoke was before the important U.S. jobs report, and that number came in significantly weaker than expected. The impact of this is that it raises some questions about whether we're seeing a slowdown in the pace of job growth, or this is more of an aberration for various reasons that have been floated out there. The market seems to be leaning to the side of being an aberration, or at least a one-off, or potentially revised um, in future reports, because Treasury yields have still moved higher despite the weekly, sorry, despite the weaker report. Um, though it is a steepening move, as this number raises the chance that the Fed's taper timing and this any tightening down the road is going to be delayed or pushed off. So we've seen the curve steepen, a little bit of inflation expectations, almost a microcosm of what happened in the first quarter, but we don't expect it to go anywhere near towards that degree. I mean, as for our views, we always had September, the September FOMC meeting is the time for a signaling for a November announcement and a December start. Um, you know, I have to say this number does potentially derail that a little bit, but it, it more than anything it probably derails the September signaling. And it also makes the September meeting a lot less important or a lot less as uh, a risk factor for the markets. You know, we expect that the Fed will probably now just talk about continued progress, but not substantial progress, given the employment side of, the man, of their mandates is the important one or the one that they've said they still need to see progress on. Um, and... As far as the November announcement for December start, you know, we do think there's still a chance for that. If the October report shows a rebound or continued strong growth, and this points to this past report being more of a one-off, then the Fed can certainly still, through speeches, signal a uh, signal that they're going to taper in December with a November announcement. However, it does, we have to admit, make a December announcement for a January start more likely if the October report is not quite as strong or even as middling, uh, even more middling than perhaps the reports were in the summer. So if we get something more in the five, six hundred thousand, the Fed could argue that they need to see a little bit more in the, in the way of progress in the labor market before they announce that taper. So in the end, it makes the September FOMC meeting in two weeks a little bit less of a risk factor, although it raises the risk factor for the October 6th employment report, because that could be the report that basically determines the near-term path of Fed policy. So speaking of the near-term path of central bank policy, hot off the ECB meeting, we have Imogen Bakra, our European rate strategist and the famous host of the popular Bondcast podcast. So Imogen, did the ECB deliver what we were looking for? <laughs> Thanks for that plug of Bondcast. Ed. <laughs> have to. To be honest, they delivered almost exactly what we would have expected. Um, you know, the change came in the 1245 statement where they got rid of that significantly higher language around the pace of purchases and replaced it with moderately lower than the previous few quarters. So um, that to me implies probably a pace around 70 billion over the next couple of months in terms of pet purchases. Obviously, they kind of regained their flexibility around that number without telling us exactly what it would be. Um, but just, you know, they would purchase flexibly to, to maintain um, favorable financing conditions. Um, and there was really little else that was changed, and particularly in, in the uh, 1245 press release. So very much as expected. Um, I was just going to go there. Is there anything out from the tone of Lagarde in the press conference? You know, we talk about upside and downside risk, but sometimes it feels like one or the other is a little, you know, is not quite as balanced as perhaps the statement. Anything from that or was it really just a balanced outlook? No, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with that 
this time, John, you know, the official line was that the risks are still broadly balanced um, and they did upgrade their macro projections in the near term. Um, but it certainly felt like, you know, language that she was using, that actually the risks are probably skewed more to the upside um, than the downside. Um, the downside scenarios were really um, just recognition of the fact that there could well be a resurgence in, in either the Delta variant or another variant, whereas the upside seemed um, much more kind of realistic and, and what we're kind of thinking about in terms of the, the outlook for the rest of the year and beyond. They raised their growth forecast for this year to 5%, which is still below what we have. But importantly, that doesn't include um, the better data that we had this week and the revisions to the past data that we had this week because that kind of came after the cutoff. So there's kind of natural upside risks already to their macro projections. Um, the only other thing I would say we learned from the presser um, was very much that October is probably uh, not a live meeting at all and December is where they will then discuss, you know, the future path of, of PEP and QE because that's the, the next important question. But it was very much a not discussed at this meeting and we'll come back to you in December. Got it. Yeah. So last week we had Giovanni Zani on with his very optimistic outlook. So I'm sure he's happy about the results of this meeting with the upward revisions. Uh, one last question. What about market impact as far as bonds and periphery? We're seeing, you know, some yields fall, especially out in uh, you know Italy and other uh, sovereign bond markets to continue. Or is this just kind of a event risk events past and now we plot along in ranges? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of risk event past in, in some instances. You know, I, I still think for core rates, this leans slightly hawkishly. Just the fact that, you know, the ECB aren't going to be squeezing markets as much as they have been. And they might be happy to see a, a slightly higher level of yield and steeper curve than they previously had. You know, couple that with, our, as Giovanni went through last week, much kind of stronger view of the fundamentals, I think that that leans towards higher rates uh, for core. For periphery, you know, it's only a very small step down. They're still going to be very supportive. Financial stability is, is still a very high priority of the ECB and, and they can use the flexibility within PEP um, still to, to kind of protect sovereign spreads, if you like. I think that there's a lot of other reasons to like periphery outside of um, just ECB support, you know, you have very stable politics, still quite favourable debt dynamics, the supply outlook into the end of the year looks um, pretty favourable too. But, you know, a, a still supportive ECB just adds to that list. Um, and this, you know, as Lagarde was kind of at pains to point out, was really just a recalibration of purchases from emergency settings and not the taper. Um, so, it is important from uh, both a flows and signaling perspective, but I don't think it should um, prevent any um, tightening in, in peripheral sovereign spreads. Got it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Imogen. That's it for this week. We have a little bit of a lull next week when it comes to central bank meetings. The week after we get both the Fed and the Bank of England, so that'll be a busy one. But in the meantime, for this coming week, watch for uh, U.S. and European inflation data and U.K. employment data to set the tone. Thanks for listening. We'll speak next week. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of The Weekly Watch. Please subscribe to our channel to get future episodes. We also encourage you to explore more of our content on our website and other social media channels.